Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! Man, oh man, somebody is lying, Hammer. Or incompetent. Or both. <laughs> uh, that's Hammer over there. My name is Nigel. We got a lot of uh, balloon updates here, so let's try and set the mood here with the official Chinese spy balloon music. 99 red balloons go by. Do so you remember like how Biden was all surprised that the big white Chinese spy balloon was over Montana? He, he asked permission from his Joint Chiefs of Staff to shoot it down, and they said no. We're just going to let it float across the continental United States, and we're going to shoot it over uh, the Atlantic Ocean. Where, Which, where that's be, its own story right? and its own yeah. outright But, but right remember, there. everybody was surprised. I looked up, oh, whoa, where did this come from? And then uh, Biden comes out and says, well, well, actually, we knew about it when it entered American airspace, like towards the islands in Alaska. So move the timeline back even further. And now, apparently, according to CBS News and the Washington Post, the military had been tracking this thing since it started in China. So the tracking of the balloon was first reported by the Washington Post, and they claim that uh, this Chinese weather balloon, and I'm using air quotes <laughs> right there, yeah. veered off course, and a State Department official said that they had clear intelligence and surveillance hmm. of this so the question becomes is the biden administration lying or they're not lying and they still let this thing fly across the country either one of these situations either one of these outcomes nige not good well this you mentioned the washington post because there's there's a couple of sources here the washington post's account basically says that the this crisis has ratcheted up tensions between Washington and Beijing may have been at least partly the result of a mistake of this balloon veering off course and then drifting aimlessly through the atmosphere, which I don't buy because that that means I guess Beijing and Biden are both incompetent here. But this guy, this thing wasn't just drifting aimlessly. This was hovering over military installations, right? Nuclear missile silos, and uh, it's uh, just it's lie after lie after lie, and they should have shot it down. I mean, the whole idea of them letting it traverse through this country and then saying no, it's too much of a threat to the people on the ground. They could have shot it over the Alaska, the Aleutian Islands, and if they were really tracking this thing, they should have done it between Guam and you know hawaii and alaska over the ocean right once it I mean, became part of american waters that's when you should have shot this thing down doesn't sound like they were too concerned about these these floating objects these three floating objects that were uh, hovering over american airspace they weren't concerned about the people below uh so you know, again whichever avenue you want to go down here it still makes our country our yes. president yeah. look weak and look bad. Either you didn't know about it and it just popped up by surprise. Well, that's a shame and that's on you. Or you knew about it and you still let it crisscross the country, hovering over military bases. And from what we've heard, the little bit of information we got about this Chinese balloon that was shot down off the coast of South Carolina, it did have spy technology to it. They've acquired that. They've went down 
to the bottom of the ocean off the coast, and they've got a lot of that information now. So either way you look at this, no matter what your excuse is, it makes you look incompetent. It, 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 and it, it calls into question your credibility, your competency, and then and then all of a sudden they go on this big shooting spree with these floating objects um, above Canada, above Alaska, above the Great Lakes. And it kind of looks to me like this was all just some sort of cover-up for the incompetence of the spy balloon. Oh, look, see, actually we have quick response times to these um, these, you know, and we, you know, our airspace is completely secure. When in reality, it's just some horrible decisions all across the board were made, and lying to us the entire time about what they knew and when they knew about this balloon. And if you want to get a picture of one of the other things that were shot down after the big balloon Good off luck. the coast of Carolina, you can't get it. Now. When I get kicked out of a Denny's, my face is up on the wall and my picture's on social media. Everybody knows what happened in there. The United States military shoots something down from the sky. It lands on ground, frozen ice. It lands on ground and we don't have a picture, not a drone shot, nothing. We can't even take a peek at it. This whole thing stinks, man. It's ridiculous. But I think my favorite part, my favorite part of this whole story is China's angle. China said yesterday that the United States has flown more than 10 of their own balloons over Chinese airspace in the past year. And they say it's common for U.S. balloons to illegally enter the airspace of other countries. Now, the United States has denied that we send spy balloons over there. I'll, I'm, I don't know about the spy balloons, but I'm certainly... Uh, convinced and, and you know we all should understand that we, we are surveilling China we know what's going on over there we have satellites I don't think we need balloons right um, but for China I, I saying well yeah, they did it I to know. us first it, right that's quite different than it was a weather balloon so you're getting a lot of different excuses coming out right now hell just a couple days ago somehow this was all Donald Trump's fault you know if they <laughs> that's right if they just would have done the thing that they were supposed to do. I'm talking about Biden in the military. They just would have shot it down when it was drifting, you know, around Guam and Hawaii and even even the islands in Alaska. It's quite possible that we wouldn't even know about it. Right. We wouldn't even know about it. And now because two hillbillies hunting in Montana looked up in the sky and said, uh, yeah, that doesn't look right. The whole nation uh, is is shaking their head, and the whole world is looking at us it. like they let a, a foreign object traverse the continental United States, spying on it, hovering over military installations and nuclear missile silos, and then they decided to shoot it down, and then give each other high fives as soon as they did it. Mission accomplished. Well, that's what China was saying too <laughs> after they shot that thing down. China was the one giving the high fives. <laughs> yeah. It made it all the way across. And I can't believe the commander in chief got shot down by the military general. <laughs> there are so many things wrong about this story. Uh, we've got more balloon talk uh, for you. More? Uh, Bill Clinton, are you okay with more balloon talk? She said it was okay for me to love balloons. <laughs> Good. Good. What the. the hell? White House says that there are thousands of objects in the skies, and some of them could be used car lot balloons, I'm, not aliens. I'm sorry? 
You know when there's a big sale at a used car lot and there's a lot of balloons mm -hmm. and there's maybe the inflatable crazy wavy arms guy? Well, that's what the White House is saying that we may be shooting down. <laughs> this is who we have leading our country. <laughs> we have the head guy at NORAD not ruling out the possibility of aliens. We have uh, the White House saying, yeah, look, there's a bunch of stuff in the sky. It could have been a, a, a one of those used car balloons. <laughs> that's that's who we have. That's what's going on in this country right now. That's, that's leadership in this country. White House Homeland Security Advisor Liz Sherwood Randall did a briefing with all the governors and said there are no UFOs. This is not an alien invasion. Quote, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of objects in the sky. Oh, boy. Most are believed to be mundane and could be things like used car lot <laughs> balloons. Okay. Well, all right. I'll take that as the excuse then. I'll... I'll I mean, okay. Can a brother get a picture? Yeah. That's all I'm asking. I want a picture. Well, you, know, you shot something down. Why do you, give me a drone and a picture. Why do you need a picture when you you know what a used car balloon looks like? You don't need a picture of that. <laughs> I don't want a picture of that. I want what they shot down. Yeah. It's laying on the ice. Well, you know, it's it's on the ground. We can't go get it right now. But you can go down to the ocean and get the other one? Come on. Just give us a picture. That's all we're asking for. It makes a lot of conspiracy theories go away. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIPC. Did the Kansas City Chiefs have the Super Bowl parade today or was that yesterday? Oh, they had it today. Okay. Did you see Patrick Mahomes no, today? Uh-uh. He was overserved. Oh, really? He was having a good time. Well, you remember when Tom Brady won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago? That guy was hammed. <laughs> he was throwing around the Lombardi Trophy from boat to boat there in Tampa Bay. Right. They almost dropped it in the ocean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Um, but I did see, for whatever reason, Brittany Mahomes, his wife, uh, Patrick Mahomes' wife, was demanding an apology on Twitter. She took to Twitter and says, I think a lot of people need to apologize for what they said about this team at the beginning of this season. Oh, for Christ's sake, <laughs> shut up. What were people saying about the team, first of all? That they're really good and a Super Bowl contender? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just because they were the underdog in the Super Bowl to Las Vegas oddsmakers, barely, the Eagles were a one-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. All of a sudden, it's like the scrappy story from Milan, you know, the Hoosier story. <laughs> you got the freaking league's MVP, the best tight end in the league, this scrappy group of misfits. It somehow won it all. Stop it. So, uh, so I I was scrolling through her Twitter this morning as I'm looking at this story. It seems like I would say outside looking in, no idea, but I I would say she's probably pretty jealous of the attention that her superstar husband gets, and she wants some of that for herself. It feels like is that's it? kind of a trend with the family in the Mahomes house because Pat's brother is this influencer this tiktok influencer and he always does stupid things that pat has to apologize for later like if you remember they had a road game at washington and the at then they were still uh -huh. called the redskins they were honoring a former player that had been killed sean taylor and pat mahomes stupid brother shows up and he's doing tiktok dances on the field and like stomping on the retired number that's on the field and of course Whoa. your star brother has to go out and say eh, he didn't know any better i'm sorry like 
what are you guys doing? Just let him be the bell cow. Let him bring in all the money and attention, and you guys just fly first class and enjoy life. But you got to be a pain in the ass about the whole thing. Well, it's it's it, it, to me again screams insecurity, n- narcissism, um, and just th- the very fact that your husband is a true worldwide superstar and you're not getting any any uh, adulation or attention. That's what this is. Shut up. And Travis Kelsey, and again, I do believe he's the best tight end in football. After the game, after they had won, he was trying to say, nobody gave us a chance to win. You were one of the preseason favorites in Vegas to win the whole thing here. So let's pump the brakes on nobody gave us a chance to but, but, win. So why? So there was. Is she referring to critics at the There were some critics at the beginning of the season because they lost some players. Yeah. Right? I mean, they lost Tyreek Hill, who's a Hill, dynamic yeah. wide receiver. He went to Miami. But you still have. Patrick Mahomes, yeah. two-time MVP. Anytime that dude is taking the snaps, you have a chance to win the game. So let's stop here acting like all of a sudden the Cleveland Browns came out of nowhere to win the Super Bowl here. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, I think, has been in the league six years. He's been the Super Bowl three times. It's not a Cinderella story at all. Uh, Allison, can I please get a little mood music? Just another what day is this? Well, today is Wednesday. Oh. But. Why are we playing uh... Somebody on social media says we need to say goodbye to the term Manic Monday and embrace bare minimum Monday. This is a is trend. That? This was a video that's going around social media. Bare minimum Monday is a practice where employees show up to work on a Monday and do the bare minimum without getting fired just because it's better for your self-care. Here's a little video that's gone viral breaking it down. Bare Minimum Monday is where I take the pressure off and only hold myself accountable to completing the least amount of work necessary to get by that day. Nothing extra, no overachieving. This gives me the space to have a slow morning, do a little work, and then fill the rest of my time doing whatever the f*** else I want, like (laughs) resting or creative projects or sometimes, yes, more work. Shifting my expectation on Monday has lowered my Sunday night stress, made me excited for Mondays, and has empowered me to start talking back to the bitchy voice in my head that's been brainwashed by hustle culture. Hustle culture is a problem. <sighs> we are in trouble. Man. And here comes bare minimum Monday. Wow. We are, I mean, is this, this, this is kind of like the parallel thinking. This is along the same lines as quiet quitting. Right. Only doing the bare minimum at your job Monday through Friday just to get by because eventually somebody's going to notice and they'll fire you or just, just give you a And job. on Sunday, you won't be as stressed knowing that you're going to do everything half-assed the next day, apparently. <sighs> wow. And hustle culture, really working for what you want is a bad thing, apparently. Uh, <laughs> who, are these, who are these parents raising these kids? I, I blame the parents. Right, and these are these are people that you know. You and I are long gone, and at least at the very least retired. Uh, these are the people that are going to be running the country. Can you imagine if radio worked that way? That's uh, Monday. I don't know. Uh, Here's Keith Olbermann. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you guys should yeah. be thanking Nige and I that we embrace the hustle right. culture. All right. Now, <laughs> on the subject of Mondays, wow. let's play a little game here. All right. Allison, step up to the plate here. Our new producer. New producer, Allison. I'm going to play a song here that has a Monday tie-in. You have to name 
the song, okay? Okay. I've got three of them here. Let's see how many you can name, and if you need help, you're allowed one lifeline to Nigel. Oh. Okay, and they're all Monday-themed. Monday-themed. Now, they might be out of your era, but that's no excuse. I know a lot of songs that are out of my era. We're winners around here, see, okay? I'm nervous now, too. I don't I, know if I can be I a lifeline or not. I failed Shania yesterday, and now it's fine. All right, these sure. are Monday-themed songs, okay. number one. Definitely heard this song. It's not foreign. We need the name of this song. Uh, if you need a hint, I can give you a hint. The Indianapolis Colts often have this during football season. Sports does not help me, Hammer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do I get a lifelines? No. You get one. You can use it whenever you want. <sighs> Should I just do it off the bat? Nige, do Hammer, you know how, this one? How do you feel? Or yeah, Nigel, how do you feel? How does it feel? So I don't know if I trust you. Oh, come on, guys. This one's not even that old. I know. Blue Monday. Blue Monday. Blue Monday was the name of that song. All right. We're 0 for 1. Let's see if you can get the next two here, Alison. Who who sang it? It was remade by a band named Orgy. Orgy, What? That's right. I played that all the time. But it was an 80s song that came out that was remade. I got it. I got it. All right. Number two. Not familiar at all. I'm just gonna say, since it's a Monday song, I'm gonna say it's called Monday. Come Monday by Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> oh, yeah, I could. I knew it was Buffett. I didn't have the exact name of the song. And all right, come last one here, Allison. Okay, Let's see if you can get one. one on the board here. Here we go. This is the oldest one. Monday. Oh, Come on, Allison. Oh. Between the Shania Twain debacle of yesterday and going over three today, is that the mamas and the papas? Yes. Yeah. I, I, the mamas see, and the papas. I'm really disappointed in myself. I didn't get that first one. That that song. From I the am band. Disappo- uh, disappointed. I didn't do that. I'm Jimmy disappointed Buffett. in everybody in the room except for myself. <laughs> I, should know, I should know. Jim. And Nigel Show. <laughs> The Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here hooking up live with Tony Kinnett, investigative journalist for the Daily Signal and host of the Tony Kinnett Show Saturdays here on 93 WIBC. Tony, how are you? I'm stellar, guys. How are you? So I'm just reading your uh, piece on the Daily Signal about how the Loudoun County School Board voted to hide this report about the gender-fluid student sexually assaulting a student from parents. They wanted to hide this report from parents. Let's start from the beginning here, because I feel like Loudoun County was hammered. Like that, was the, that was ground zero for parents around the country waking up and getting involved in their kids' education. And, and all, while at the same time, everybody there in Virginia realizing that this school board was allegedly trying to shut parents out of the classroom and trying to cover up what happened to this poor student. So take me back to the beginning here. It's really a horrible situation. So there is a male student uh, who claimed to be gender 
gender fluid. And so Loudoun County gave him permission uh, to use the girls' bathroom. Uh, and while he was in there, he, uh, according to the Virginia courts, uh, raped a girl. Uh, and then while after the sexual assault, parent reported it to the school. School basically brushed off the dad and said, hey, quit being a bigot. And then uh, later when the school wow. finally decided to act, the, the student who had already raped one student assaulted, abducted, and sexually battered another student. Horrible situation. At a different um, school, Virginia, right? Uh, yeah, different high school. Uh, so um, now there was this full investigation. The uh, Virginia Attorney General's office uh, basically issued a probe. This grand jury brought in over 40 witnesses, 100 pieces of evidence that showed Loudoun County screwed the pooch on the situation. They completely ruined it. And parents are demanding uh, that the school release the findings of this investigation because they want to know how did staff respond when they heard about sexual assault? Did they stand up for the victims or did they play the woke? oh, leave the transgender kid alone kind of situation. And it was, it's been a mess. It's just been a huge mess. So, Tony, this may be a simple question. Maybe it's convoluted. I don't know. Why? Why did these people at this Virginia Loudoun County School try to cover it up? Well, the official statement by the school is that uh, releasing the report would violate attorney-client privilege, and it would also violate the Family Education Rights and Privacy Act. Basically, they're saying that uh, they can't release the report because then uh, identifying characteristic of students uh, would be released to the public, which, by the way, that's not true. That's not how that works. They you can, can omit names it. of students. Yeah, the, it's it's very redaction. simple. It takes a Sharpie in 15 minutes. Uh, so that's a, a garbage name. Really, what I suspect and a lot of others suspect, the reason they didn't release the report is you're going to find a lot of staff members at that school who brushed off sexual assault in this case like legitimate instances of rape and uh, that's going to be very ugly very quickly for a lot of teachers counselors and administrators who did nothing now tony like nigel pointed out this was kind of ground zero for a better choice of words where parents all over the country said wait a minute if this is happening in loudon county maybe it's happening at our school and they started to go to these school board meetings at the time that this assault took place was this when crt critical race theory was like a big thing and it was making its way through schools and these administrators were going out of their way to talk about how progressive they are and transgender bathrooms everybody's got to have a wide open bathroom they were so concerned about looking bad being woke they tried to cover up an assault Oh, yeah. And this is at the time in our country in which a lot of schools were using uh, critical race theory, gender theory, and starting to segregate their students into these special categories based on how, quote unquote, oppressed they were. And uh, when parents came knocking and said, hey, are you guys doing this in schools? The school responded, no, we're not doing any of this stuff. You know, go back to your hole. And uh, unfortunately, students, very innocent uh, children have paid the price for this horrible policy. So, so tell me, so let's go back. We're speaking with Tony Kennett from The Daily Signal. Uh, the school board that voted to keep the report private when, you know, they could have redacted the names, and it's really about, you know, finding out what was going on behind the scenes and how staff and administration reacted. Who Was it a partisan vote? Were there... Was it all Republicans, Democrats? Did, did all Democrats vote to keep this? You know what I mean? Like, uh, like yeah, I do. Some of the school board members who are registered as Republicans actually voted to keep the report silent after just in December. 
stating openly that they would uh, desire to get the the bill or excuse me, the the findings of the investigation published before everyone. And so actually, there are, are several groups in Virginia that are calling for this particular uh, member of the uh, school board to be censored from the Republican Party. Uh, they, they cite it as an open betrayal. So, but I'm saying, did, did anybody vote to release the... Oh, yeah. Three of the school board members uh, voted to release it. Actually, one uh, made the motion saying parents need to know what staff members said, which means <laughs> probably isn't very good. Uh, six members voted against it. And then, uh, of course, the superintendent uh, was fired, correct? Yes, the superintendent was fired after the initial investigation in December. Uh, really no, uh, you know no excuse for telling the father of a rape victim, you know, to go piss off. Tony Kennett is our guest. He's an investigative journalist for the Daily Signal, uh, specializing in education, was a longtime STEM educator here in Indianapolis. He's also the host of the Tony Kennett Show. So, Tony, on the subject of CRT, let's bring it a little closer to uh, our backyard here. Today, at the Indiana General Assembly, we found out that the Republicans were going to remove the bill that would basically outlaw critical race theory in the state of Indiana in schools. We talked about this a little bit earlier when I jumped on with Rob Kendall. Why do the Republicans in the state always get so scared to death of the teachers wearing the red shirts? Because if this were the other way around, there is no way in hell these teachers would throw a lifeline out to them. Uh, yeah, and it's really a sad situation in Indiana when you have a lot of representatives and senators who claim to be in touch with their district, but in reality, just kind of wait for people to call them. They don't actually do any investigation of their own. They have like a staff member who Googles things. And so when the Indiana State Teachers Association you know, comes up to them and says, you need to stop hurting teachers, uh, they don't really have anything to combat that. They actually don't cite instances that we found in most districts in the state uh, in which schools are teaching with critical race theory in the classroom. Uh, and they'll re listen to, for example, Dr. Russell Skibka, uh, professor emeritus from Indiana University. He'll make up this grand tale about how it'll eliminate teaching history in our classrooms and it'll basically oppress all of our black students, which is not true at all in any way, shape or form. Uh, but he'll get up in front of the testimony and, and say that. And the Republican members will believe them because they don't do any of their own research. It's really embarrassing, quite frankly. We've got to the point now to where if you're talking about critical race theory, now again, for those who don't know, that's basically teaching that the white kids should feel guilty just because they're white, because of what's happened in the past 200 plus years of this country. It's gone from that to, well, you don't want to learn about history. Like this, what's going on yeah. in Florida is a great example of this. Ron DeSantis pulls this ridiculous African American studies class class away from the classroom, not because it was African-American studies, but it had a bunch of garbage in there, queer theory and everything else. Had nothing to do with African-American studies, but somehow it's turned into that. 
Yeah, this is a very popular Democrat tactic. This isn't new. They'll 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 basically label something as like the sunshine and puppies bill. And you'll say, hey, there are two or three things in this bill that are really bad. It says uh, they're going to like shoot grandparents in the street. I don't support <laughs> that. And so then the news article the next day is Republicans hate sunshine and puppies right. because you don't support every aspect of it. No, critical race theory has nothing to do with teaching history. Critical race theory is simply a lens with which you look through in which every societal interaction as viewed as a measure of white supremacy. And that's not me saying that. That is every author that has written on critical race theory since the 70s. It's a Pablo Ferrarian uh, philosophy that came out of Brazil. So, no, there's no honesty here. It's just gaslighting. Uh, you know, you'll say something and then they'll pretend that they never heard it and they'll accuse you of saying something entirely different. Unfortunately, a lot of Republicans in the Indiana State House don't have the guts to stand by convictions. Uh, they cower at the first sign of opposition. Hey, Tony, one more thing before we let you go. And just a great article on DailySignal.com on this update in Loudoun County. But why just maybe briefly explain why people here in Indiana should be paying attention to what's going on in in Loudoun County right now. Oh, well, there are actually parents leaving Loudoun County coming to Indiana to escape that nonsense. I spoke to a parent who left Loudoun County because of all of this chaos, and he moved to the South Madison Community School Corporation and found out that the school district is willing to lie to him and, and his family about how they do gender policy. And it seems that Pendleton is doing the exact same policies Loudon tried regarding letting students use the opposite sex bathroom. So I certainly hope that Hoosiers take this seriously before we find sexual assaults just as prevalent in Pendleton schools as they are in Loudoun County. And I hope that some of our elected officials and school board members start to grow a backbone and a spine as well. Uh, Tony Kennett, you're the best. Thank you so much, my friend. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Nigel, yeah. friend of our show. Tony Kanan, 2013 Indy 500 champion, announced today that for good, he's going to retire after this year's Indy oh, 500. Oh, man, riding off into the sunset. Wouldn't a win at the Indy 500 be classic? Now, if you're thinking, now, wait a minute. Didn't he make this announcement before? Yes, but that was the COVID year, and he didn't want like his final Indy 500 to be the year with no fans. So he's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to retire. So he came back for a couple of races. Yeah. We did that event with him last year, the oh, Tales right. from the Track. Yeah, that was amazing. Fun dude. Such awesome guy. Such a cool guy. guy down to earth. Right. Totally awesome with the fans. This is what it sounded like on the IMS radio network when he finally broke through and won. The 12th time is the charm at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the Twin Checkers Way. TK has won the 2013 500. And then we had him on our show. I think he was promoting the Tales from the Track event last year. Is that what he was doing? And if you notice anything about Tony Kanaan, he's a ripped dude. I mean, he works out. He's older, but man, he will beat the hell out of the you. The complete opposite of us. Complete opposite of us. <laughs> we asked him about his diet. Now, Tony, those who have seen you around uh, the Speedway in the month of May, you're an in-shape dude. You're a pretty ripped and buff dude. When was the last time you had a night where you just said, you know what, I'm going to eat about 12 donuts and I'm not working out. Screw it. Uh, no, I don't think I, I, never, I never ate 12 donuts in my life. But I mean, we do at home. You know, obviously, I eat healthy. But at home, we have this rule that we have one cheat day. And that usually it's uh, Sunday that I can eat whatever I want, and I always go for pizza. I mean, uh, this is my uh, 
my uh, cheat day. You know, I go for pizza and some white chocolate for dessert. Yeah, well, Sunday's his cheat day. Our cheat days are the days that end in Y. <laughs> right. Four o'clock rolls around. Well, cheat time. <laughs> we have an official time of the day that we cheat here at the Hammer and Nigel Show. Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it. Oh, boy. Yeah, like I said earlier, we don't have Marcus Bailey from Wish TV on when it's sunny and 80. We don't call him up to say thank you when uh, he gets a beautiful forecast <laughs> like this right on the nose. That's Hammer. I'm Nigel. We'll go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Marcus Bailey from Wish TV. How are you? That's why, I got the, that's why I got the hairstyle that I have, fellas. <laughs> oh, is that why? <laughs> It's a thankless job, man. <laughs> so, so I'm since I'm a narcissist and it's all about me. Uh, we've got some weather coming in, but tomorrow yeah. I had scheduled uh, a tire change. Okay. In my driveway, they come to your house now. Like I'm a member of AAA, and they got this thing yeah. called the pit crew, my pit crew, and they come to your house and change the tires. So you have to sit there in a tire store for two hours. You could sit there and drink Isn't a beer and watch them work, <laughs> which I'm sure they'd Isn't really appreciate. Awesome? I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't. I trust me, I didn't either. But they're they're coming tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. I live in in Boone County. Tell me exactly what we're looking at weather wise here for the next 24 hours. Well. Sure, but I mean, again, the reason why people come to the Hammer and Nigel show for a few laughs, but to get some education. Too. That's right. I feel a lot smarter. Thank you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no. So here's so here's the deal. Obviously, just exceptionally mild for mid February today, right? Mid sixties, been awesome. a little breezy, but it's been awesome. Yeah. So we're gonna get we're gonna get some rain and storms, kind of in a couple of waves tomorrow. So the first is gonna come in probably in time for the morning drive tomorrow. Pretty steady rain. There could be some embedded thunderstorms. That's not going to be our severe weather risk. I think you're probably going to kick out kind of that first shield of rain by mid-morning, 9 o'clock or so. And then we get a little bit of a lull. Um, I think the window of opportunity for some of these isolated storms, I don't think they'll be widespread. The isolated, spotty, strong storms will be anywhere between probably 11 a.m. or maybe as early as 10 a.m., but probably closer to midday. And then through mid-afternoon, 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. as this kind of cold front moves through. Now, I will say this. I think there are much better dynamics for severe weather or, you know, in layman's terms, more better ingredients um, around and south of the Ohio River. And I think that's probably where your best chance for tornadoes would be. Okay. But around the metro area, I do think that there's going to be some chances for some damaging straight line wind with any of the storms that get going in that window that I specifically mentioned so morning drive i think is wet potentially stormy but not severe and then midday through like mid-afternoon you may have kind of some 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 uh, rough storms that start to develop around the area so this weather that we're having right now and again i'm looking out the window it looks Mm -hmm. beautiful there's a light breeze blowing it's 65 right now this is not normal so I'm only going to assume that the temperatures are going to fall off a cliff here in the next 24 to 36 hours. Well, you're right. And so there's but there's bad news and good news with that. And, and I mentioned all week on TV that this week was going to be very similar to what we experienced last week. And if you remember last week, we had mild days uh, Monday through Thursday, and then it got pretty cold on Friday. And I think that's how this is going to play out. And then it ended up being pretty nice for the weekend. And I think that's how this will play out as well. So here's the bad news. So once we get through the storms, 
Um, you're going to have some cold air rushing in. Cold enough, guys. I do think there could be some light snow showers Thursday night into Friday, and I don't think we're going to get anything accumulating. We've been too mild. I don't think it's going to be heavy enough snow. But it does show you how chilly it's going to get. That we could have wind chills when you wake up Friday morning into the teens, and I think we only have highs in the 30s, barely, uh, Friday. So that's going to be a shock to the system. Um, but it is going to be dry. Shouldn't be too, too windy uh, through much of the day. Now, you get through Friday – the weekend looks better. Both days sunny, both days calm, mid-40s for high Saturday, and then back to the low 50s on Sunday, which, mm-hmm. again, you're talking well about average. So, you know, you have a big dip coming in, but it's brief. And so it looks like we have a pretty good bounce back coming back. Marcus Bailey, meteorologist for Wish TV, joins us. Marcus, I don't know if you can answer this or not, but – your whole life, you have covered big storms, storm systems that have had big winds, possibly tornadoes. You know how these things work. So this situation in Ohio where the train has been derailed and now we've got this toxic cloud of God knows what going into mm-hmm. the air. If they get the same weather system that we may get here in Indy the next couple of days, will that toxic air travel? Is that something that can possibly happen? Oh, sure. Uh, I mean, um, you know, it's all based on essentially winds, right? That's going to be pushing that, that would push that out. Um, Scary. You know, in the the lower levels, right? Um, But, you know, my assumption is, and look, I'm not not going to pretend that I'm some sort of, you know, chemist or anything like that. Right. Uh, We understand. And and so, you know, there's going to be different weight to some of these toxins, you know, and that... Uh, how they are carried is going to be different than, you know, normal air particles or smoke particles or anything like that. So I can't probably, I'm not an expert in that. I'm not going to be able to probably speak very well to that, but, you know, in just general physics, yes, you know, these, you know, this is going to rise with the air more than likely and um, get carried in into what is the upper level pattern, which traditionally, unless you have some anomaly that's going on is moving from, uh, west to east, right? Most of our weather patterns move from west to east with, once you get into kind of the higher levels of the atmosphere here. But a lot of it will be kind of dictated by where the surface winds are taking, which those can vary, you know, greatly depending on any weather system. So that I'm sure will, uh, how far those can travel. Again, that that's something that a chemist is probably going to be able to answer better than I can at this point. Uh, but certainly something that, that um, definitely could play a role in, and communities that are surrounding that area in Ohio, for sure. What you can comment on and what you are an expert on is being an Indianapolis Colts fan. I'm wondering uh, yeah. if you like the uh, the pickup of uh, uh, the Phillies offensive coordinator Shane Steichen as the new head coach of your Indianapolis Colts. you like that? I do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's exciting. It's a, it's a fresh start. Um, but, I, I mean, and you guys, I know you have you've spoke on this. You know, I mean, that's one piece of the puzzle, but, you know, I think your bigger big piece, piece of the puzzle is going to come in a couple of months and yeah. who's going to be under center and, you know, who is he going to be directing to run this offense? And so it, it's not just him because I think if you don't get the quarterback right, you could get, you know, the best coach in the world and it's not going to work out well. So Yes or no, um, does he look like Dak Shepard? Because I will, <laughs> I will stand on top of the mountain and yell, that's Dak Shepard. 
and I believe I believe Scott Sander came in this morning and sat down. He comes in at like six a.m. Uh, for his shift, and he's like, "Come on, Scott Shepard." <laughs> <laughs> so you're not alone. You're not alone. Even an experienced journalist like Scott Sander knows his fault. So. All right, Marcus. One more time before we let you go here. What are we looking at next? 24, 36 hours. Should be quiet tonight. Heading to the Pacer game tonight. You should be fine. It's going to be mild. should be a nice night downtown Indianapolis. Um, we do have rain arriving probably close to daybreak tomorrow. Rain and storms could be a very wet commute. Nothing severe out of that. But we do have some severe scattered storms that may develop starting by late morning, 10 a.m., 11 a.m. window to around 3 p.m. Damaging wind is going to be the main concern. Once we get past that, I do think the temperatures are going to crash pretty quickly by the evening. So you'll have highs low 60s tomorrow when those storms are rolling through. Could be cold enough for a little bit of light snow tomorrow night. Friday's chilly, a high of 30, but then the weekend much better. 40s on Saturday, 50s and sunshine on Sunday. Marcus Bailey, check him out on Wish TV Channel 8. You're the best, Marcus. Thank you. All right, talk to you later, guys. Hammer and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? On 93 WIPC. And Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I will run a series of stories your direction. You break down all the information and give us a verdict. Is the story anything or not? Is this anything? I'm going to play you some audio here. It's a woman who is showing her mom and her mother-in-law a picture of her ultrasound. Okay. Now, after mom and mother-in-law see the photo of the ultrasound, they have a pretty strong reaction. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? She's pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like they're in a haunted house. <laughs> How many? Only, it's very early. It's nine only, weeks. I'm going to be nine weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's a boy. Now, I'll admit, I did kind of the same thing. My wife told me she was pregnant with her firstborn uh, out at my dad's house in Lisbon. She actually took a test uh, uh, in the Burger King bathroom on the way there just to make sure. Was Humpty there? <laughs> he was peeking over the stall. <laughs> I was like, yeah! Woo! Woo! And then when we were getting the ultrasound of our, of our second kid, we found out it was a girl in the doctor's office. I was like, yeah, what? I couldn't control myself, you know? And everybody's like, shh, 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 just, you know, I was so Well, it's one thing up. to be pumped up, though, but that like, was, that was it hilarious. sounded like somebody was being brutally <laughs> murdered right there. She uh, she had the same reaction. Remember the story earlier this week? They had the same reaction as the chick on the airplane when her boyfriend broke up with her. That's the same thing. Listen to this. I'm sorry, honey. I have to break up with you on this airplane. (laughs) You're right. It's the same scream. Okay, so here. (laughs) I can't tell which is happy and what's scary. Well, I'm saying this woman should have probably, you know, she should have been there when they did the reveal that the, that the lady was pregnant. Here it is mashed up together. What is it? <laughs> Are you kidding? Are you kidding? She's pregnant. 
Good Lord. I want to say that's the same reaction that Rob Kendall gets when he walks into a Brownsburg town council meeting. He's here. Wow. Okay. We can move on. That's something. Yeah, that right? is that's something that's hilarious. Is this anything? Police are warning people in Washington, D.C. Do not wear Canada goose coats because they've had a string of armed robberies over luxury clothing items in D.C. Here are Julian wow. and Sheila talking about being held at gunpoint for their expensive coats while visiting our nation's capital. And all of a sudden, someone's going, give me a coat, give me a coat, give me a coat. And I thought, is this a joke? Give me a coat. And then he waved a gun by me and said, give me a coat. And I so I took it off and gave it to him. And then he said, five, four, three, two. What are you going to do if you uh, were in that situation? You got a gun in your head. Yeah, that's something. I, I mean, I forgive me and correct me if I'm wrong, Hammer. I thought Washington D.C. has some pretty tough gun laws, so it's strange to me that you know people pulling uh, guns on innocent uh, pedestrians while wearing Canada goose coats w- would be a problem. It's I weird. It's weird that there's the, but the, the, there's very strict gun laws in D.C. But yet it still is a problem. Now, my only question is, what, what kind of dummies are these criminals to to re, to risk a, a felony weapons charge rap? Even though the prosecutor would probably drop it anyway. But what what dummies these are when they could just walk into a, a retail store and um, uh, walk right out with bags and bags of clothes without paying for them? How many times on social media? Have you seen um, organize, or organized groups of people walking into these stores, grabbing as many pieces of expensive clothing as they can and walking straight out with nobody to stop them? Smash and grabs. Smash and grabs are a big problem. We had a story late last year about the CEO of Target talking about how much money he's lost because of yeah. smash and grabs yeah. at stores, Target stores around the country. Now, Canada goose jackets range from like $500 to $1,500. So they're a pretty expensive piece, but it's it's interesting in Washington, D.C., it's, it's, there's been a rash of armed robberies specifically targeting people with these coats. It's about time goose did something, like geese did something. Like, I hate geese. Oh, yeah. These Canada oh, yeah. goose coats, you're telling me these are about $1,500? Yeah, like, they, that's the range, five to $1,500, yeah. Have you ever had an encounter with a goose? Like, have you ever, like, been up close to one where he starts getting real snippy with you, little bastard? Like, yeah. Yeah, I usually just kind of try to keep my distance from those things, man. Yeah, they're they're totally different type that we're talking about here but man they're meaner than hell last one is this anything tiger woods returning to the golf course this week yeah. in the genesis, genesis invitational he believes he can win it here's tiger the recovery is more of my ankle the leg is better than it was last year i'm excited to go out there and compete and play with these guys and i would not have put myself out here if i didn't think i could beat these guys and, and win the event 
that's wow. my mentality. And if I wasn't ready to win at this level, I you know I am very rusty, but I've come off rusty situations before and I've done well. And plus also I know this, this golf course. Uh, I know I haven't had a lot of success on this golf course, but I, I knew what to practice for. Yeah, so he's playing in the Riviera Country Club at uh, Pacific Palisades uh, in California, and you heard him there. You're pretty confident. I'm I'm not going to go in here and and play if I didn't think I could win the tournament and beat these guys. This is no knock. You know, there's some pretty high-profile names in this tournament. Tiger Woods tees off at 3 o'clock, and if you underestimate him i think that's a big mistake i mean especially if you're playing on this golf course nobody's underestimating tiger woods and now i gotta watch it now i am officially gonna watch this tournament to see where tiger woods winds up and every i I don't care how old he is uh, there's some again big names big that you've heard of in this tournament are, are playing and i'm wouldn't normally probably tune in until like masters you know major season in april but now i'm gonna now i got something to watch this weekend along with the daytona 500 every casual fan is interested in tiger yes. woods Right, he's the one that moves the needle. Like there are guys like me that know some golfers, but you're not hardcore into it. But Tiger Woods, even though he's on the backside of his career, sure, sure. some would say you know he's washed, but he still moves the needle. People will watch. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on ninety-three WIPC. Man, Hammer, nothing infuriates me more than. Preventable tragedies. And the shooting at Michigan State was absolutely preventable. The shooter uh, who killed three people and injured uh, five more was able to legally own a gun for one reason and one reason only. He'd been arrested for a felony gun possession charge in 2019. Felony gun possession, which, of course, that, that would have disqualified him from ever owning a gun. But the radical leftist prosecutor, Carol Seaman, in Ingram County, pled down the charge to a misdemeanor. And they got out, able to own a gun, and fast forward a couple years later, people are dead. Cut down in the prime of their life. I want to read you a quote uh, from when this judge, who's now retired, she retired last year. Let me just read you a quote real quick, Hammer. When I was elected prosecutor, my goal was to try and create a more equitable legal system. And in the name of equity, she let this guy off the hook, and now people are dead. We have a bad problem in this country. Sounds familiar, by the way. Of prosecutors trying to become therapists. I don't need your thoughts on root cause. I don't need your thoughts on equity. I need your thoughts on the law. I need you to do your job. There are other people figuring out root causes. And I think I think that's a, an important aspect, but you're right. Prosecutors need to do their lesson. Like, instead of figuring out why minorities, specifically fatherless um, minorities in those communities are disproportionately committing violent crimes, progressives have created chaos with the revolving door of the criminal justice system and a free-for-all. And... You can put together special committees. You can have special groups. If you want to even use taxpayer dollars, because you're going to waste it anyway, put together some sort of fact-finding commission about this kind of stuff. But if you are the prosecutor, it is not your job to be the therapist. You have to go by the law. And I understand 
Sometimes you want to go a little bit more lenient on somebody that doesn't have a criminal history. But here in Indianapolis, I mean, you already know there's a mugshot of somebody when a high-profile crime happens. It's not just because of magic and technology. It's mugshot on mugshot violence because these people keep getting out. There's no root causes you're going to find for the guy that had 20-plus felonies that shot at an officer. The root cause is done at that point. You know, the other thing is, I mean, so we're we're bashed over the head with the idea that we need more gun laws in this country, but the reality is that radical left prosecutors aren't enforcing the gun laws already in place. You see what I'm saying? You see the irony here? I mean, you talk about more gun laws. This monster that created this, that did this heinous act had a felony weapons charge right there from 2019, cut and dry, teed up for the prosecutor. And because she's a woke feminist leftist and feels guilty about her white privilege and believes that if you prosecute gun laws, it somehow disproportionately leads to more minorities incarcerated. It's a get out of jail free card because of the color of your skin. Makes you and wonder, had this been a white guy, would they have taken his weapon away? She let this guy off the hook and now people are dead. Again, in the name like, it, it just and you can put red flag laws in that discussion too. I, I, it's sick, I, I just red flag laws go along with this gun conversation because here in Indianapolis, the FedEx massacre should have never happened, should have never happened. But you had a lazy, incompetent prosecutor who got reelected here in Indianapolis, who just had a red flag case just sit on his desk, but he's too worried about what type of Jordans he wants to wear out in public and how he can run for mayor one day. It's gross. And now you've got these anti-gun lunatics doing all these interviews, having all these rallies and events. It was a handgun. It wasn't an AR. It wasn't anything else. It was a handgun. That he should have never been able to legally purchase in the first place. The brother of the shooter says that the death of their mother couple years ago left him bitter and angry uh, michael is the brother and he spoke to fox news and he said that the shooter and we're not going to say his name started changing after the mother passed away in 2020 he says that he quit his job stopped taking care of himself played video games non-stop for hours getting more and more bitter and angry now listen i don't know what's going on in the family but somebody's got to get that guy help at that point. If you can tell that he's getting bitter and he's getting angry, you know, maybe they did try. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. But you have to have to do some sort of intervention or something at that point. You can't let it get to this point. Maybe they tried. Maybe they failed. Some people you just can't help. I understand that. But all the signs were there. A guy that should not have had a weapon, going through depression, getting angry, becoming isolated. I mean, that's literally the checklist of things that these people that execute these heinous acts usually go through. Nigel, we got some rumors out of Washington, D.C. that even if the House Republicans, the new majority in the House, try to limit Joe Biden's funding to Ukraine, Old Hair Sniff McGee still has enough support, still has enough money to keep funding the Russia-Ukraine war until 2024. Uh, okay, uh, that's fine, but I think the Republicans are all talk anyway. 
What, what Have you seen anything that would indicate that the Republicans are going to get together some sort of legislation to stop funding or limit funding or or drill down on funding to just certain areas? Are these, have you seen any indication of that so far in the past couple of months? Nothing. Nada. So uh, that's, that's fine. They can blah, 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 all they want, but they're not going to do anything. Just like so they didn't do them. anything with the Twitter losers that came in the other day. All of those folks that were in collusion with big tech and the emails show it, instead of sending people to jail for some sort of fraud, and you could easily file a fraud charge against you know, any number of these folks that colluded with the government, all we got was a couple sound bites from Marjorie Taylor Greene, all we got was Jim Jordan finger wagging, and everybody got away with it. And that's how it always is in Washington. It's a story for a day, great sound bites, and then nothing happens. That's the way it is all the time. Now, Morning Joe, Joe Scarborough, he's the host on MSNBC. He does their morning show. He thinks it's, quote, politically idiotic if you oppose sending all of our tax dollars to Ukraine. Even if the Republicans were to do the politically uh, just idiotic thing, and cut off Zelensky and the freedom fighters in Ukraine. Uh, Biden's Biden's got uh, got things lined up to to keep him going for quite some time. Anything yeah. to keep that war machine rolling, man. Blank check, man. Blank check. A lot of people are getting rich off this military-industrial complex. A lot of people are are, are 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 you know you know rubbing their fingers together right now. There's a difference between sending aid. Okay, to take care of the refugees, to make sure people have got food and shelter and water and baby food and all that kind of stuff. There's a difference from aid to just handing Zelensky a blank check. Yeah, with no oversight. Right. We have no idea where this money's going. Some of it ended up in the black market. We've seen that recently. U.S. weapons ending up on the black market. So if you're Zelensky, you're playing this thing right. You go country to country, and you just put your hands out. And people are paying and funding the entire budget for Ukraine right now. Well, by the way, I, you can't blame Zelensky no. for doing what he's doing. I mean, if people are going to give it to him, then right. he's going to do what's best, uh, what's in the interest of his country. He doesn't have the interest of our country in in in, no. all, in his mind at all. Ukraine's never been a great ally to the United States. Now, they're fighting Russia. Russia would be considered an enemy. I get that. But let's stop acting like Ukraine is some great ally here. How about we help out humanitarian aid, and then we focus on the things that we need in this country? Because that trillion dollars you spent on infrastructure, I don't see the results of it. I don't know about you guys, but I'm seeing trains get derailed every other day. Yeah. Uh, it's hell in a handbasket. Where did that money go? Where did that money go? Dateline Buffalo. Remember that lunatic that barged into a grocery store in Buffalo and shot and killed 10 people? Remember this? Yeah, yeah, it's awful. He, he was in court today, and I'm going to play you a pretty powerful piece of audio. So the guy is sitting in the courtroom, and a family member is speaking, a family member of one of the victims, and she's passionate, and she's yelling at oh, the shooter yeah. across the room. She wanted to strangle him. And... Next thing you know, somebody that's with her, yeah. assuming it's another family member, charged at the shooter. We're human. We like our kids to go to good schools. We love our kids. 
We never go in those neighborhoods and take people out. No, no, no. Here it comes. I've always said, Nigel, and I know I would get locked up for the rest of my life. If something like that happened to me, I would go to jail because I'm killing that SOB. I wish that guy, I wish the police officers would have just stepped aside. <laughs> let, let him bum rush that dude. I, because that, first of all, it was a big guy. That was a big man doing big the, dude. doing the, trying to charge that Buffalo, you know, charging after the Buffalo shooter who's in orange jumpsuit and handcuffs, but he was immediately rushed off uh, to the side and out the courtroom. So I hope nothing happens um, legally to the guy that tried to rush him. I don't, I don't know if the judge can. You know, give him uh, some sort of uh, ticket or something like Slap that. Slap on yeah, the wrist right, and get out right, of here. Right, right, right. I hope that's the case. Yeah. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Coming up a little bit after 5 o'clock. Biggest stories of the day. Plus, we've got a very special guest, Taylor Riggs from Fox Business. She's going to break down the latest inflation report. That's coming up in just a little bit. And by right- the way, and by the way, she's the best at it because she could explain it to us like we're, you know, we could each drink a 12-pack of beer <laughs> and still understand the things that she's conveying to us in terms of the economy inflation. She's real 100%. 100%. Right now, though, we've got some concert tickets to give away. Caller number nine was Jeremy. Jeremy, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. How are you? Hey, I'm good, guys. How are you doing? Good. Where are you calling us from, Jeremy? Oh, the south side of Indy. Oh, make some noise for my Southsiders. There it is. Like to hear that. All right. Are you a Jason Aldean fan, Jeremy? Uh, yeah, yeah. My wife is. My wife more so than me. So yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, the pressure's on then. Right. <laughs> so we got two tickets to his upcoming show Saturday, September 16th, at the Ruoff Music Center on the line. But you're going to have to play a game. We're going to play. Aldine, Sheen, or Steve McQueen, and this is how it's going to work. I'm going to give you the fact about somebody. It will either be a fact about Jason Aldean, Charlie Sheen, or movie icon Steve McQueen. You get three out of five correct. We're going to hook you up with the tickets, okay? Okay. Okay, number one. Played the role of Ricky Vaughn in the film Major League. Aldine, Sheen, or Steve McQueen? Uh, That's Sheen. That is Sheen. One down. All right. Got to get two more here. Was born in Beach Grove, Indiana. Oh, come on. Aldine Sheen or Steve McQueen? Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen. All right. Two down, one to go. Get this right. We're going to give you the tickets. Made the phrase winning a popular thing in the early 2000s. Winning. Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Tickets, courtesy of our friends at Live Nation and Ticketmaster, to go to the concert Saturday, September sixteenth, Ruoff Music Center. My favorite uh, Sheenism was when he said, "Winner, winner, chicken dinner." No, I don't think so. Winner, winner, Sheen dinner. <laughs> I love that one. I don't know why it just made no sense. First of all, that 
Boy, yeah, he went on a roll there in the late 2000s. The, the roast the late, he had yeah. on Comedy Central oh, was fantastic. Good God, how can you put yourself through that? I believe it was Seth MacFarlane who was roasting Charlie Sheen that said the new nickname for having a prostitute sniff narcotics off of your crank is a Sheenus. <laughs> One of the great lines in that roast. Jeremy, stay on the line. Allison's going to take care of you. Congratulations on the tickets, my man. Awesome. Thank you, guys. You got it. Ugh. And if you didn't get through, relax. We've got uh, more tickets tomorrow as well as Friday to go see that big show coming up here in Indy. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a very special guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Taylor Riggs is the co-host of The Big Money Show on Fox Business every Monday through Friday uh, at 1 o'clock. Taylor, we talked yesterday about the inflation numbers that came out. A little hotter than expected. Uh, it's been longer than expected. I'm just curious as to your thoughts and how did this discussion go with your coworkers? Yeah, you know, very interesting, especially when we look at the market reaction as well. So let's go through those numbers. Hotter than expected, like you said. Inflation, the Federal Reserve's target is 2%. I think we can all agree we are a long ways from getting all the way back down to 2%. Yeah, what is it, 6.4% right now? Yeah, so the headline wow. number, everything included, 6.4. If you strip out some of the volatile figures like food or energy, which do have a big degree of volatility, it's still over 5.5%. That's still way too wow. high. We really want that number to be 2% when you're thinking about long-term financial stability. I think that everyone today as well, when we talked about the big retail sales number that you got, this is a consumer that even in the face of that inflation is spending, and they are spending a lot, and the consumer is really strong. So I think for me, this is an economy that for now, even in the face of inflation, is still running hot. It's still doing okay, and I think that that's surprising a lot of people. It is, but I, I will say, I think, like, it was a week ago that Joe Biden in the City of the Union address said, you know, hey, at home, inflation's coming down. And then a week later, the Consumer Price Index shows a 0.5 increase in January, year-to-year inflation up 6.4%. I'm just wondering, okay, so the economy is okay, but inflation is still a problem. It seems like it's... It, it, we're in some sort of circular inflation slump, as I said yesterday, with especially when you factor in compounding inflation. I love that you mentioned the word circular and compounding, because those are two words that I'm sort of focused on right now. When you think about your wages, so real wages, let's say you get a 2 or 3% increase in your annual salary or your wages. That sounds great until you look at inflation. And the real wage, which is your salary adjusted for inflation has actually gone down. I mean, we're still negative multiple percents. So the consumer feels poorer or or less wealthy. Um, And that's sort of the compounding effect that even so you have companies now trying to increase your wages to keep up with inflation, which in theory is a good thing. But the problem is that's creating a bigger inflation problem. So 
that's why you really need, unfortunately, for the economy to slow down so that we stop getting the wage increases because we're all trying to still keep up with inflation. And it's sort of that spiral that you talked about at the beginning. Taylor Riggs is our guest. She's the co-host of The Big Money Show on Fox Business, 1 o'clock every Monday through Friday. So, Taylor, when we watch things like the State of the Union address, or maybe if you're scrolling through your phone and you see politicians saying, hey, price of eggs went down last month. If you don't follow this kind of stuff as closely as we all do, you probably think everything's fine. But when you look at this report that came out on inflation, yes, eggs went down from last month, but we're still looking at a 70% increase from last year. 100%. Let's talk about eggs, since you brought that up. I just off of our show at 1 o'clock, we spoke with a really famous chef, um, Robert Irvine. He's on the Food Network. He talks to restaurants and businesses all over the country. He said a carton of eggs has gone from, let's say, $40 a year ago to $140 this year. So maybe it's down, and I'll make up this number, from 150 to 140, but look at where the carton was a year ago. And that's sort of the problem that the monthly numbers can sort of distort, I think, the bigger picture when we all take a step back and just look at the huge increases that we've had in the last few years. And people are really feeling it. I was speaking with that chef and he said, you know, people still want to go out to restaurants because they still want to have a good time. But instead of ordering a steak, they'll order a pasta or they'll just buy a menu item that's a little bit more affordable. He's seen that all across the country. And I feel like the consumer is strong and we're feeling good. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think people still are, are struggling and they're very much still noticing the increase in all the prices. I mean, the economy is just such a bizarre thing to me, especially what you said a moment ago. Uh, about how the economy needs to slow down so that inflation will slow down. Like the feds keep increasing rates because because the jobs market the job market is so hot right now. The, you know the jobs report was was a, a few hundred thousand more than what was expected, and to some in some people's eyes that's not a good thing in in terms of the economy and slowing down inflation. You're right. So I always want to preface this by saying inflation hurts everyone. Job losses only hurt those who lose the job. So a recession is very hard. And if you're one of the few who lose your job, of course, that is painful and difficult. And I don't want to minimize that. But big picture, when you have a Federal Reserve looking at this labor market that's hot, looking at consumers who still have tons of money that they're trying to spend, even if they're maybe buying pasta instead of steak, they're still going out. The problem is you have to slow that down if you want to help everyone. And unfortunately, inflation is what impacts everyone. So that's sort of the conundrum when you think about the Federal Reserve, is, as they talk about that trade-off, that unfortunately, you need unemployment to rise. You need a few people to lose their job because inflation impacts everyone. And that's why inflation is a much bigger problem. Taylor Riggs of Fox Business with us. Taylor, I have your show set up to record on my DVR. So after I finish, you know, here at the radio station, I'll go home, I'll pour a beverage, and I'll watch your program. <laughs> you guys Thank had a. You. Oh, you're welcome. You guys had a pretty good discussion. I think it was last week about the United States and China, how all of the back and forth going on right now, how the relations for U.S. and China affects the economy here in the United States. 
it's kind of where the news cycle meets the financial market. Can you reset what that conversation was about? Yeah. So when we think about spy balloons, objects flying over our skies, you know, the average American doesn't quite understand how that impacts them. And it probably doesn't, except that when we think about foreign policy and how everything that you and I are buying is made in China. So China is, you could argue, maybe instead of classic warfare, what does economic warfare look like for me? That's what the markets are trying to hone in on. They make all of the chips, every chip that goes in your car, every chip that goes in your cell phone, every chip that goes in your computer. That is sort of on the horizon for the market of if they were to cut that off, that's sort of the economic warfare. What does that look like? And we've talked a lot about, well, how could we retaliate? Unfortunately, you know, when Russia invaded Ukraine, we could retaliate by pulling out of Russia completely. Hate to break it to you. No one is pulling out of China. They have a huge untapped middle class, a huge consumer. Every company is desperate to be in China because they're getting at least a third of their revenue from there. So decoupling doesn't really exist. And I think the markets and the financial world are trying to figure out how do we be tough on China. But frankly, we have a, I'm calling it a destructive codependence on each other. We're the two largest economies. It's not going to happen. And the thing is, like I experienced this firsthand um, in terms of pharmaceuticals. And my kid had strep throat on Christmas Day. We were in the clinic uh, after he opened his presents and we could not find any amoxicillin. And and I have a feeling that has a lot to do with um, our relationship with China and the supply chain there. It is such a supply chain issue. It's such a destructive codependence issue. It is a decoupling from China issue that, as you mentioned right now, it's just not going to happen. Long term, though, we have our eyes on it. It's just going to take time. So when you think about onshoring, trying to create our own chips here in the U.S., we're working on it. It's just going to take 10 years. So that's sort of the long term picture that the markets are, are working on. And I think you're right to bring up pharmaceuticals, supply chains any sweatshirt that you want. I mean, you name it. Taylor Riggs, The Big Money Show, Fox Business. Taylor, for somebody who has never seen The Big Money Show, how would you describe it? Ooh, great question. Three vastly different co-anchors who want to come on and make sure that business and finance is accessible to everyone. We want to break down the jargon and the barriers. We want to have a lot of fun and a lot of conversation so that when you go to your kitchen table, you can have a fun conversation and bullet point to bring to dinner. Taylor Riggs, thank you so much for joining us and breaking all this down for us. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Hello. Jason Hammer over there. I'm Nigel. This is very shocking, Hammer. Believe it or not, uh, Democrats in California want to take another tool out of the arsenal for police to catch bad guys. You don't say. There's a bill in California that wants to ban the use of police canines to arrest or apprehend suspects of crime. A lot of times, canines can track down these people that are on the run. They can pick up their scents, like if they're running in a wooded area or something like that. This is ridiculous. 
There's no reason to take away the canines from the police department. Hold on. I beg to differ. There is a reason. Uh, The Democrats say the use of canines is a part of America's history of violence against black individuals and people of color. It's deeply racialized. So the state of California is saying that all criminals are black. That's what you're telling me. Because if you release a canine, it's going to catch a black guy? It's it's like like only uh, minorities are affected by, you know, criminal minorities are affected by canines. It's it's first of all, it's less deadlier than a taser or a gunshot, right? And and it's really again, I mentioned at the beginning of the segment, just taking another tool out of the arsenal, uh, you know, banning police chases, banning certain physical techniques to subdue a suspect, um, you know, wanting the ability to personally sue a police officer after an incident. These things just get keep piling up, and they wonder why they wonder why police departments across the country, including right here in Indiana and in Indianapolis, have trouble recruiting and retaining talent. I'm curious. I would love to see the numbers of how many people, black guys or white guys, have just randomly been attacked by a police dog. It feels like now. I know this is a hot take. The best way to not get bitten by a police dog. Don't break the law! It should be... This is another, an issue of compliance. Right. Right? I mean, it's, it was the thing, same thing with this, um, um, the State of the Union address with Joe Biden a couple of weeks ago, how he uh, just kind of the race baiting there and said police, um, you know, black and brown families always have to have the conversation of, uh, you know, what to do when they get pulled over by police. Well, no. I do the same thing. I'm going to have the same conversation with my kids. Most people do. do that have common sense. Like when somebody starts driving in your house, I'm sure at some point you've had the conversation with them of when you get pulled over, this is what you do. But according to Joe Biden, that's only a conversation black families have. And again, if you've ever watched like on patrol live or cops or if you've done a ride along they don't just sick the police dogs on you for like a traffic stop <laughs> like they only release them for special circumstances and 99% of the time it's somebody running from the law well look if you can't chase a suspect in a police car anymore why should you be able to chase a suspect with a, a canine so ridiculous yeah. hey you mentioned the the What's it called? On Patrol? On Patrol Live. I don't... I'm so disappointed. I've never seen an episode. You and Rob text each other about it every Friday. I don't have that channel, so I'm going to need to call MetroNet and get them on the ball. It's on Reels. Yeah, R-E-E-L-Z. I finally found the category. I found the channel, but I don't have it. I love it, man. And my hometown police department, the police department I grew up with, Beach Grove, they're embedded. The cameras are embedded with them. But there's all these different departments around the country, and you go in real time to these calls that the police department goes. And I'm happy to hear that there's been an extension of Beach Grove. Oh, so cool. 90 more episodes. Whoa. They've reached a deal where the cameras are going to be with Beach Grove's police department. Let me ask you this. Why Beach Grove? Well, they've done other places in Indy. So, Lawrence had it back when it was called a different name, uh, Live PD. It's the same show with just a different name because of the lawsuit. They had to cancel uh, 
They, they, they Live PD got canceled after uh, the riots, right? Right. A and E decided to pull yeah. the plug on oh. it because you know police were bad. So the creator of the show, Dan Abrams, who's an attorney, and you know you see him from time to time on various things. He's like, you know what? We still want to do the show. So they rebranded it on Patrol yeah. Live. Got a new channel, and instead of Lawrence, now it's Beach Grove. I, I just think it's funny. Like, you know, I don't see on Patrol ask you know hitting up the Zionsville Police Department to go on on live runs with them, because nothing really ever happens in that town. True. They're going, yeah, Beach Grove's got some interesting characters in there, and it would make for great TV. It's been interesting. (laughs) Like For the first half of the season, it was really boring. Like Not a lot going on, and I was complaining about it, because I know addresses where they will get action, and I volunteered (laughs) to give them those addresses, but then it started picking up, then you got a gun baby, and you got people doing the hibbity-dibbity and private property property, and (laughs) I love it, man. I think it's a great show and it shows you what some of these officers have to go through. These mouthy, just ridiculously horrible people sometimes that feel like every time they have to speak to an officer, something bad's going to happen. So, I'm happy that uh, the extension was made for 90 more episodes. Um, You sent me an article today, and I thought this was interesting. Forrest Gump's box of chocolates, the prop that they used for the movie, Forrest Gump. Oh, yeah, when he's sitting there on the bench. It sold at an auction for $25,000. Whoa, yeah. Honestly, I thought it would have been higher. I think twenty five grand is uh, is pretty much. I think that's a good price for it. They put sand in it to weigh it down, so um, it wouldn't fall off his lap. Yeah. So I mean, my, but my question is: Is there if if price wasn't an object, is there any sort of movie memorabilia you'd pay twenty five thousand dollars for? Man, I don't know. I'm not much of a movie guy. What about some sports or or? Um, or rock music paraphernalia. Well, twenty five bucks wouldn't get what I want. Twenty five thousand. Twenty five thousand. Yeah, like I would want like an official Babe Ruth jersey. Well, that's going for the millions, right? So twenty five thousand. I don't know what that could get me. Would I be able to get Ricky Vaughn's skull and crossbone glasses from the movie Major League? Because <laughs> I'd kind of like to have yes. those. Uh, how about what's her face's bathing suit from Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Is that uh, yes, weird? Phoebe Cates, <laughs> the iconic suit that fell to. The the ground. I could get with something like that. Hello, it's the Hammer and Nigel show. I'm Nigel. Hammer is here. Also joining us for the side piece, Casey Daniels from the Kendall and Casey show. How are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm just a little perturbed at the Biden administration for letting a giant Chinese spy balloon traverse the (laughs) continental United States Mm -hmm. to take pictures of our uh, private, uh, highly secure military installations before deciding to shoot it down over Myrtle Beach uh, a few days after. Well, did you hear uh, CBS reported just today that they saw the balloon take off from China? So they knew a week before it got here and then let it go for another week. So they saw it for two weeks. So, we talked about this earlier. This kind of takes us down two avenues of discussion. Mm -hmm. Number one, they're lying and they're full of crap. (laughs) Number two, Mm -hmm. they're telling the truth, but they still allowed it to go across the country. Mm -hmm. None of these are good, Casey. No matter which road you want to go down here, none of these excuses lead to something good. Well, I think the one thing that you can take away from it is that if China has a surveillance balloon, a spy balloon, that must really mean that their spy satellites suck. Because they have to come up with other means to find out what we're doing. 
And maybe sometimes the simplest ideas are the most effective. Mm -hmm. Just strap a bunch of crap to a balloon, Mm -hmm. send it up, and it (laughs) looks like it's worked. Mm -hmm. But the excuses we're getting now, it went from, well, it used to happen under Trump. Well, we knew what happened when it left. Well, maybe it's Chinese satellites. Maybe it's wacky inflatable people from used car lots. These are the excuses we're getting now. (laughs) Well, I think, you know, in regards to the balloon, they know exactly what that is, right? And they took a week to shoot it down and gather all the information. We still don't know what was in that payload, although we're hearing, you know, propellers, antennas, and communications. We know technology. more about that, and it's at the bottom of the ocean right. than we do the other things that are sitting on land. It, it right seems, now. Casey, like the timeline, too, of when the government knew about this keeps getting pushed back. Oh, well, no, they were some two, two fat guys in Montana hunting elk. <laughs> saw it, and mm-hmm. that's the first time we heard about it. And then, oh, no, 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 we actually kind of saw this uh, flying over the islands in Alaska. That's when we were first made aware. And now you're telling me, or CBS is telling us today, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. breaking news, that yeah. the U.S. military has been tracking this thing ever since it took off from China. Yeah, they saw it take, well, that's what CBS said. They I saw just, it take off from China, they saw it come over here, and then watch it float across the entire country. And ever since then, we've had three more incidents mm-hmm. of the military Military mm-hmm. shooting down what mm-hmm. they call objects, or uh, as I would probably bluntly put it, unidentified objects. If you're shooting down stuff and you say you don't know what it is, yeah. that's unidentified flying objects. Well, it's a UFO. Yeah. Does anybody else think it's weird, though, that the United States press secretary is behind the White House podium stating... These are not aliens. Like, the fact that she is saying that brings a little validity to it, right? Well, not only that, but the guy from NORAD, the head of NORAD, actually came out and said- We're in, not ruling a, anything we're out. Not, we're not, it could be aliens? Mm-hmm. So, is this really the world we're living in right now? I'm rolling my eyes. You people know exactly what this is and where they came from. You're not telling us the truth. You weren't uh, accurate about the time. You weren't truthful about when you noticed this balloon coming through. Through, mm-hmm. And it's it's all it's all a huge message of weakness to China and other countries around the world. Yeah, and a big mistake. It looks it's kind of embarrassing on the global stage, yes. don't you think? Yes. And the fact that you know the National Weather Service came out and they said, "Nope, that's not us. These things don't belong to us." And now they're saying that the three objects are hard to recover. Well, no kidding, because what? They're in the Arctic Circle in the bottom of Lake Huron? Well, one of them landed on icy land, and Mm -hmm. this is the thing that drives me nuts. All right, we've got all this technology, Mm -hmm. right? We could send satellites into space. We can bring it back, and it lands on a boat right where it went off. Mm -hmm. We've got stuff sitting on frozen ice. And you're telling me we can't get it? You can't take photos of it? You don't want to tell us what it is? We went to the bottom of the ocean, right off the coast of South Carolina, to get some of the stuff of the first balloon. Right. Why can't we get some of the stuff sitting on frozen ice right now? Okay, well, my the only thing that I can come up with for this is besides bad weather and difficult terrain, it yeah. will take a day or two. They have to assemble a team to retrieve that stuff that has top 
classified clearance, right? And it's not like they can just go, oh, hey, Joe, we need you. You're a dive expert. Come get this. I mean, it's got to be somebody who's got top-level clearance to go get it as well. But I know we have drones that could at least get some photos of what it is. Like, if the White House wants everybody to get their panties out of a wad and say, (laughs) it's not aliens, Mm -hmm. then simply show us a photo of what crashed. You don't have to give us all of the information, but just say this is what it was. Okay, but where is the president? On this. Exactly. We've heard from John Kirby. We've heard from Curry Jean Pierre. <laughs> you know, what it is or what it isn't. But Norad's saying we're not ruling anything out. And then there's the commander in chief who's spending half a million dollars per missile. MIA. Is there, not any, saying is there any chance? Because there was a similar story as the one you alluded to in the CBS report that the, the, the military has been tracking this thing since China. Mm-hmm. Similar report in the Washington Post, although their report kind of made it sound like this could all be a big mistake and this was not intended by China mm-hmm. to fly over the United States. Well, uh, is there any shot of that? I don't believe that whatsoever. That's no, what, that's the way there's the Post, no way. That's the way the Post is kind of making it sound. Like oh. it, it got swept up with the weather over towards Guam and it got off course and Mm-hmm. It's, it's the way it happens. Yeah, they hitch up spy gear to balloons <laughs> just for their own purposes all the time, right? Yeah, we want to know what's going on on uh, China mainland. Well, no, because now they're saying it's happening all over the world. Like, four or five other countries have come out and said, yeah, yep. we got balloons over here, too. So, uh, it's just, it's, they have to come out and tell us what they found and what they think it is. And why? To at least just stop some of the rumors at right. the very least. Exactly, exactly. Said because can you imagine? Take us to your leader. Oh crap! You really want to talk? Do you Joe mean- Biden walks outside. He doesn't have pants on. He's got right. pudding all over his face. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, can I help you? He's Winnie the Pooh in it. Are you um, corn pop? Yeah, and then they're like, no, 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 no. We didn't mean that guy. We meant your real leader. And Americans are like, yeah, who is the real leader at this point? Casey Daniels joining us in studio. Studio for the side piece. So we've brought her name up a couple times, the White House Press Secretary, Karine mm-hmm. Jean-Pierre. Mm-hmm. This was a question I asked on my OutKick hit that I did earlier, and mm-hmm. I'm going to bring it to you. Okay. Who's worse at their job? Karine mm. Jean-Pierre mm-hmm. as the White House Press Secretary mm-hmm. or Pete Buttigieg as the Transportation Secretary? I think it's Pete Buttigieg. Easily. Well, because he's in a position to make decisions, right? Karine Jean-Pierre is just a mouthpiece for the administration. She's not really making decisions. She's not helping. But she can't speak, and that's a big part of that gig, isn't it? It is, but when it comes down to affecting Americans' lives, Pete Buttigieg is in the position to actually do that. And, of course, his tenure's been plagued with multiple, it's just like crisis after crisis, supply chain issues. You had the wide widespread commercial airline delays. Meanwhile, he's hopping on a private government-managed jet, jumping all over the place. And then, of course, you've got the derailment issues, things that are affecting everybody in Ohio in the entire Midwest being affected by this. So I definitely think that it's Pete Buttigieg who's failing at his job. But I think it's an example of failing up. 
like he got that job because he stepped out of the presidential race and he probably got that you know a wink and a nod yeah. we'll give you a cabinet position we said all along that was his plan you know what do we have open not what you're qualified for not what you're good at not what you can do something to improve americans lives just what do we got open did he improve your life when you lived in south bend because if anybody can talk about pete <laughs> it's you because you lived in south bend when he was the mayor so uh one of the things that pete Buttigieg did when he was in south bend is he changed a lot of one-way streets to two ways <laughs> Nigel, shut up. Do not make that joke. I can see the hamster in the wheel. I know exactly what you're thinking. Casey, let's just go on. Okay. Um, he I'm also, trying to protect everybody here. He also erected a million-dollar bike. Now you say erected. Come on. Come on, everybody. Oh, boy. This you guys got a lot of growing up to do around here. Hey, before we let you go, Casey. Am I setting you up too good? Sorry. Before we wrap children. this up That's here, what I'm working with, I, children. I, I, uh, I didn't get to hear you and Rob the day after the Super Bowl, and I was curious of what you thought of the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. Uh, we've got the guy's perspective all week, but mm-hmm. uh, from uh, your perspective, Rihanna, how'd mm-hmm. she do? What did you think? You know, thumbs up, thumbs down. I thought it was serviceable. I thought she did what she needed to do. I was bummed because she didn't bring out Eminem or, you know, any of the other people stars. that Jay-Z she's, she's collaborated with. Yep. Yes, because that's always, for years, that's been kind of like the highlight of the Super Bowl. It's the surprise that, you know, comes out. You weren't expecting it. Right. Britney Spears brought out Aerosmith one right, year. Right, right. So I was kind of bummed that she didn't do that. Um, I thought she she did a fine job. She looked great, whatever. I, there's no way I would have been up on that platform as high as she was. But um, she didn't play one of her hits, Ponder Replay, which I thought was a bummer. But... It did what it needed to do for her. I did get some stats. Did you guys know that more people watch that halftime show than oh, actually yeah. watch the game? It's a big deal. Yeah, but she gained 3 million Instagram followers and searches for that Fenty Beauty. You know, she did a little, she pulled out her compact during the performance right. and touched up her makeup. She was launching a new shade of lipstick. Searches for that makeup brand shot up 833%. Well, we had the so, numbers yesterday of her mm-hmm. iTunes sales. Mm-hmm. and streams and yep. YouTube hits. Crazy this is why they don't get paid like right. a check because they make it up for it and all this other stuff. Yeah, in earned media. So, I mean, I, I, I thought it was it was nothing. It's not going to go down as like Prince in the rain right. performing or some of the other big iconic performances. We'll see. Time will tell. But I thought it was serviceable. She did the job. She got what she wanted out of it and it's over. Got about 30 seconds left here. Mm-hmm. What's up in the side piece? Okay. Okay, so right now on the side piece, is Indiana one of the most sinful states? Ooh. Ooh, yeah. You can find out by going to WIBC.com and uh, go to blogs and select the side piece. And also, speaking of the Super Bowl, you know, Babyface performed, and he sang America the Beautiful. I don't know if you noticed it, but his guitar was actually upside down because he's a left-handed guitar player, and so it's strung backwards. For most people, they have the the deep bass chord up on top. Yeah. Well, for Babyface, it was down on the bottom. And you can read about left-handed guitar players right there on the side piece as well. The Kendall and Casey Show, every Monday through Friday, 9 to noon here at 93 WIBC. Casey, thank you. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You set them up and I'll knock them back, Lloyd. One by one. We are going to read booze news because it's really fun. What's in your lips? It's so good. 
My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Someone invented a beer hammer that is made out of the condensation that comes off air conditioners. That doesn't sound safe. It's, it's a real thing. Look it up. I'm telling you. I, I don't know. <laughs> very Biden of you. Yeah. <laughs> Just look it up. Just use the Google machine. <laughs> um, I, I don't think uh, this is a real thing. So um, here's the brand new commercial about uh, the beer, this craft beer made out of the condensation that comes off air conditioners. Just when you thought you'd tried just about every micro-brew there is, get your taste buds ready for a new adventure. Air conditioner beer. (laughs) Yep, we figured out a way to mix grain, hops, and yeast and run it through an evaporator coil with the condensation dripping from the crusty hose hanging by your furnace. Taste the subtle malty flavors of Freon, notes of dust, and a metallic aroma of a clogged drain line. Air conditioner beer. And coming soon, radiator leak white claw. (laughs) By the way... I didn't see that at Winterfest at the State Fair. I didn't see the, <laughs> I didn't see the uh, air conditioner condensation booth at Winterfest, which, by the way, was a blast. You're going back next I'm year? I'm going back. I'm going to every beer fest possible. But Winterfest was awesome, and there was a reason why it was packed to the hills. Thank you to uh, the guys at Winterfest for having us out there.